Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Gomez. And in this episode, I interview Claire Bartholik. She's a coach who has helped hundreds of real runners chase their dreams and conquer what they never thought possible. Her coaching philosophy combines science-based training, plant-based running nutrition, and proven mindset techniques to unlock every runner's true potential. If you are burned out and overwhelmed, but you know that adding running into your self-care routine would help you mentally and physically, this is the podcast episode for you. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm delighted, Daphne. Thank you for having me. I know we have connected kind of in the business world, Mm -hmm. just at a business conference. And I knew I was so excited to bring you on because what we're going to talk about today is something that I think a lot of people struggle with is when you know that something is important to you, how do you prioritize it, especially something as important as your mental and physical health. And so you are completely passionate about running and you teach other people how to implement running routines into their life and how to just get started. I'd love to hear what made you passionate about running and what made you decide to start sharing your knowledge with others. Well, running has come in and out of my life several times. It hasn't always been a constant. So I did a little bit when I was a teenager. I trained for a half marathon in my 20s to get over a breakup And then I got back together with the guy and stopped running. (laughs) And then I found running again in my 30s. I was getting ready for my high school reunion, wanted to shape up a little bit, and started running. And I'll tell you that I hated every step (laughs) that first year. I did it because it was a means to an end. I knew that I could just run out the door, get in shape, and... By the time the reunion came and went about six to eight months later, I was like, well, what do I do now? You know, I've have I've built up all this fitness. I don't want to just go back to the couch. 
So I decided to train for the half marathon that I did in my 20s, and I ended up beating my time, you know, over a decade later. And it's like, huh, this is starting to be fun. I'm starting to be accomplished at this. And then I was like, well, if I can run a half marathon, let's try a marathon. And I thought that I could just go straight to the Boston Marathon because a friend of mine was doing it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the Boston Marathon. Well, you actually have to be pretty fast and qualify for that by running another marathon. So I eventually did that, it took a couple of years and just ended up falling in love with it, fell deep down the rabbit hole and became pretty good at the marathon and just had an almost obsession of getting better and better, learning everything I could. And along the way, I became a coach and ended up doing really well in the marathon. But after I had reached my big, big goals, I actually found that I found more joy helping others reach their big goals more than I ever did myself. And so now I don't race anymore for myself, but I get to do it through all of my clients and my athletes. So that's my real passion today is helping other people really accomplish big things, even though they are usually moms or dads or full-time, whatever they do, you know, professionals. They have a sense of accomplishment that's like nothing else. I see so many similarities in those people, people like yourself who love coaching and educating with this audience of teachers. It's people who mm -hmm. really like walking someone through a really complicated process. And before we get into, you know, marathon running, just talking about baby steps for some people in this audience, probably the majority of them, they are facing burnout. Mm. What are some of the mental and physical benefits of running that you think could particularly help those who are facing burnout? Yeah. So the thing about running is that it's simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. So you can put on a pair of shoes and you can go out the door. And if you run in the morning before work, you feel accomplished before the kids get out of bed, before you go to your job. It's kind of like making your bed in the morning. It's something that you just do and it makes you feel like if everything else goes wrong in my day, at least I've done something. Not everybody has the time to run in the morning or the ability. So running after work is a really good way to stress release after a busy day. So there's something special about running that is different than a lot of other sports. You know, I've had worked with hundreds, probably thousands of runners at this point. And, you know, those who come from other sports like biking or swimming, you don't get the same sort of runner's high. You don't always get that. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have a runner's high every time you go for a run. A lot of your runs are going <laughs> to be kind of hard and miserable. But sometimes you really get just sort of this mental cleansing. It's your time to be by yourself. No one's asking you to do anything. Nobody's pulling on you saying, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> you know, you have time to yourself to either think or listen to a podcast or listen to your music. It is just all for you. And that's super important. Yeah, the mental cleansing is a really interesting way to put it, that it, it's perfect. I've never thought of it that way. I was talking to my therapist <laughs> about running because I know that we talked about this actually at the business conference where I met you, but that is a goal of mine to start running again after I have the twins. And we were talking about, I didn't want to put a number 
like a healthy weight number. I just wanted to feel a certain way and be able to accomplish some physical tasks. Like I wanted to run a specific set of miles. That's my goal instead of I want to be at this perfect body weight because I have some body image issues that I think a lot of people can struggle with. And she was asking me, well, what is it about running that is motivating you to choose that? Because a lot of people can choose it specifically out of like punishment, even though they don't enjoy it. Right. And for me, it's part of that mental stamina of, I know I don't like it at the beginning. And all I have to do is kind of write down on a scale of one to 10, how yucky it feels. And then by four weeks of doing it, I can see oh, it's getting easier and easier. And I feel really accomplished and proud that I pushed myself through a fun or through something that was challenging Mm -hmm. until it actually became fun. Right. And it's really good for me, specifically with like an ADHD brain, Mm -hmm. to be able to shut it off. During yoga or Pilates, I need to train my brain muscles to slow down and be able to chill in those moments. But running matches what's going on with my anxiety. And I think that that's why it's such a really important task for me. And it sounds like you also agree that it's just it's really mental. Have you seen the mental stamina piece of it starting to kind of translate into other aspects of your own personal life or your clients' lives as well. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. You know, you get to a point, once running becomes a habit, and I will go back just a little bit about what you said. Walking is a great way to transition into running. So if you want to be somebody who is in the habit of running, I would say start with walking. You know, if you want to go run three miles eventually someday, start with a 20-minute walk or walk walk however much you can, five minutes, 10 minutes. Walking is the best way to supplement your running or to get into the sport. But yeah, it absolutely transforms the way that you lead the rest of your life. First of all, if you feel good, you're going to be a better mom. You're going to be a better teacher. You're going to be a better at whatever you do if you're feeling good. And when you get back from doing a hard thing, especially running, you feel good that you did something. That's a sense of confidence and a sense of pride. And, you know, if you get to the point where you're into racing, training for a big race and then crossing the finish line, We're not being paid for this. All we get is a stupid T-shirt and a medal, but it feels so accomplished. You did Mm -hmm. something hard on your own. And, you know, I actually had one of my own athletes on my podcast a couple months ago, and she is this very accomplished runner, super busy job, two kids, husband, you know, the whole nine yards. And I asked her what running had given her. And she actually said more time. And I was like, what? How do you train for a marathon with your busy life and family and get more time? And she said, well, because I am forced to do some time management skills to get my Mm -hmm. running in. Running is such a priority for me that I sit down with my husband on Sundays and we schedule, okay, I'm going to run then and you're going to watch the kids and vice versa. And so everybody in the family sits down and says, okay, well, what do you want to do this week? And by prioritizing her running, everybody else gets to prioritize their things too, and they fit more stuff in than had they not planned. So you don't think that adding something to your life 
can actually give you more time. But for this particular athlete, that's exactly what it did. And that happens over and over and over again. You know, if something is important to you, you prioritize it. And that means you have to schedule everything else that you got to get done. I feel like so many people claim that they don't have time to add something like this to their schedule. And that's me. I'm so many people. I'm I'm that mm-hmm. person. How do you respond to that? How do you help them look at their schedules? What types of things have you seen people be able to take off of their busy plates in order to add a new habit? There's always some amount of time to get some exercise in. What are you doing in your down period? Are you scrolling on Instagram? Are you binge watching Netflix? If you love to binge watch Netflix and you want to be a runner, either go to the gym or get a treadmill and binge watch Netflix while you're Mm -hmm. running, you know, do some things at the same time. Treadmill can be great if you have little kids because you can't always leave the house when you have little kids. But if you have a treadmill, you can be at home and your kids can run around and you can say, this is mommy's time to run and I'm going to be on this machine for 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour. There's ways to get your fitness in, whether it's running or anything else, with the life you currently have. You don't even necessarily have to give anything up. You just really have to look at what you're doing and plan. And if you do have a spouse or a partner or somebody to help you, obviously that is a huge, huge advantage. And ask your partner, hey, I really want to get fitter. Is there a way that you can help me out? Is there a way that you can help me do this? And don't be totally selfish. Ask your partner what they need from you. You know, work together on this. But if you don't have an hour in your day, then there's probably some priority shifts that you might want to make in your life because it's super important for your mental health and your physical health, your longevity. You know, you will be better at your job, at your relationships, at your entire life if you are fit and healthy. There are so many times that I tell myself, I'm running a business. I have other priorities. Eventually, I'm going to have two little babies running around. It is going to be challenging and not everybody is going to start at the exact same timeline or be in the same level of fitness. But knowing that like baby steps and incremental changes can also help as long as there's consistency behind it and Mm -hmm. not making excuses because there are so many times that I just feel honestly tired and unmotivated, but I'm making excuses where I say, oh, I don't have time today to do that. And then I look and I'm like, well, there was two full hours. I bounced between tabs on the internet and kind of looked for a chore to do instead of doing that thing. Yeah. And one thing that helps me also is I force myself, I want, I used to have a calendar that I would just put an X mark down. On this is the, okay, the day passed and I worked out. Here's an X mark and be able to see, okay, I want to, I want to jog five days a week. That was my goal back then. And so having that physical reminder of, oh shoot, I need to do it today would keep it kind of front of mind for me to do that. Do you have suggestions for people like myself who may be feeling 
tired and unmotivated of how to pick themselves up in that moment and encourage them to run because I usually feel a heck of a lot better afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So motivation comes and goes. And if you're going to rely on motivation, you're not really going to get very far with your running. So you need to throw that out the window and focus on habits and systems. Habits and systems are how you get things done with, with your fitness and with a whole lot of other things in your life. So you know, do you tell yourself, ah, oh, I just need to be motivated to brush my teeth? No, you don't. It's a habit that you do at least twice a day, hopefully. And it's something that is part of your routine. You don't feel like yourself if you haven't brushed your teeth. It's something that you always do. So if you want to be a runner, you've got to make it something that you always do. And then there's little tricks that you can do to kind of, um, the one's called habit stacking. So let's say you have a good habit that you do all the time. You want to attach the habit you want with that habit. So we could say brushing your teeth. So every time you brush your teeth, maybe you put your running shoes on and you go run a mile or something like that. I mean, maybe that's not the example that you want to use, but you know what you want to do is you want to make it in your schedule so there is no other option. So usually that's first thing in the morning for the vast majority of runners because we don't feel like running. It's raining. It's too hot. It's cold outside. It's whatever. But if you can get up and just knock it out first so you don't have time to argue with yourself, that is much, much better than being like, I'll run sometime today, probably. And then your whole day gets away from you. So if you can't do it first thing in the morning, you know, a lot of people can't or it's dark out or it's not safe to run outside, you know, early in the morning, then you've got to find a way to block it out another time. So make an appointment with yourself to do it just like you would do any meeting that you have for work, just for like anything else. You just put it on the schedule and you do it. And, you know, when you do have little babies, when they come, you'll have to think about ways that you can get your time. So they won't be able to go in the jogging stroller right away. That will be an, a cool option later. Yeah. But you're going to have to come up with something else. So maybe that's childcare. Hopefully you have somebody. Maybe it's childcare at the gym. That saved me so much when my kids were little is I'm going to put them in childcare and get a break because you know, as wonderful as babies are, you need a break <laughs> mentally and physically. And going out for a run can be a great way to get that. Yeah. And I heard you talking some about habit stacking. I, have you read The Power of Habit? I think that's what it's called. I don't know if that's what I've read, but no, I don't think I've read it, but I've heard it from several psychologists and I steal that and use it all the time. Yeah. So I believe in power of habit. If not, I've read a couple of habit books, but I believe in power of habit. They talk about it. And even just the idea of putting out your workout clothes, like, yes. okay, it's the end of the night and I put that right next to my bed. And now it's kind of annoying for me to see it without using it or something mm -hmm. that you can do to add friction beyond actually like not doing what you're supposed to do. And another really good book that has helped me with motivation and especially motivation when it comes to working out is uh, I think it's Mel Robbins, The Five Second Rule. Oh, yes. I've heard her, her say this. Yeah. And so if your brain has more than five seconds to talk yourself out of something, 
then you're more likely going to stay unmotivated or feel too tired to do it. But if you kind of shock your brain within that first five seconds of, oh, I should go and do this thing. And this is something that me and my husband have been doing. It's not jogging. It's bare minimum walks with the size that I am right now and some knee issues through the pregnancy. But the second I say, I know I feel better after we go for a walk, let's go for a walk. We don't give ourselves five seconds to hesitate, even though we both don't want to and we're binge watching something. So if you count down five, four, three, two, one, and you don't let yourself get to one, you just do that thing. Mm-hmm. It can break that negative habit of talking yourself out of it of, oh, maybe I should do the dishes instead. Or maybe I should like, <laughs> what can I do to talk myself out of it? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Another one that I like is called temptation bundling. Have you heard that? No, but I want to hear it. So that is when you save something that's sort of naughty or sort of exciting, something that you want to do. You save that for when you have to do the hard thing. So like exercise. So maybe it's like some juicy true crime podcast, or maybe it is binge watching Netflix that you'll do on the treadmill or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell yourself, okay, I am going to totally binge this podcast or this show, but I can only do it while I'm running. And you're not allowed to do it when you're just at home and tired and you're just like, oh, I just want to watch that show. It's like, nope, you can only do it when you're doing the thing you don't want to do as much. Okay, I already figured out what mine's going to be. Yeah. Mine is absolutely, I feel guilty and I'm not going to use the brand name so they don't come at me, but I feel guilty (laughs) using the grocery delivery service and being charged a small fee for grocery delivery. However... It does save me 45 minutes of time, and it does feel really convenient to have it dropped off at my house. So in the future, I can kind of make a little return on time investment and say, I'm going to go for a jog. And at the end of it, I get to use this and it kind of balances it out. That I think is going to be a good motivator for me. I love it. I love it. We have to play all these games with ourselves. We really do. And it's something that I don't... (laughs) (laughs) You know, we got to stop this monkey brain of ours because, you know, our nature is to eat food and sit on the couch. You know, that's what we have evolved to do is not spend energy, not do hard things only when it's like a dire emergency. And now in this society of plenty that we live in, we have to go against our nature in order to stay healthy and be strong and fit and have a long life. So we got to play some of these games to trick our minds. Going into those who do have a limited time for jogging or for running, Do you see that short intensive runs like sprints or interval training are more effective to help build stamina or are longer, slower jogs better? Or does it really just depend on what the person's preference is? Um, I mean, yes, it, it, to some extent, it does depend on your preference a little bit, but it also depends on what you are trying to do. So if you are somebody who is starting from scratch, no real fitness right now, and you're trying to build fitness from practically zero, then you really do need to start with easy jogging, build up your aerobic system first. All the high-intensity stuff, sprinting, plyometrics, jumping, and all that stuff, that is good for you, but you can only do a really small amount of that. 
Your lungs can develop and your muscles can develop a lot faster than your bones, tendons, and joints. And so if you're spending all your time jumping, which is what running is, and your bones, tendons, and joints haven't had the time to develop properly to handle the load, you're going to get injured and you're going to be right back on the couch. So what you want to do is really take it easy And I would say start running every other day. Don't go out and say, I'm going to run five days a week. That's usually too much for people. So I would say alternate it with a walk. So we still want to build that habit. But if Mm -hmm. you're looking to run a half an hour a day, alternate that with a half an hour walk on your off days and build from there. You want to make sure you're keeping it easy so that you can still have a conversation. You can still talk. If you're huffing and puffing, You've got to slow it down because you're not building up your aerobic system. Your aerobic system is what will get you to be able to run longer, easier. And so that's the number one thing that we want to develop. And that just simply takes more time. So mostly easy running for most people with a little sprinkle of the fast stuff if you want to. Once you have a nice base, then you can add a little bit more. But even if you're training for a marathon, you don't want to do too much high-intensity stuff because it's just too hard on your body. Just a little bit goes a long way. How much do you see nutrition playing a role in your energy, motivation, recovery for a runner? Yeah, it's critical. It's absolutely critical. So If you exercise on purpose, you're an athlete. So if you want to be fit, you have to treat yourself like an athlete. And that means paying attention to your nutrition. That does not mean that you have to eat absolutely perfectly clean or totally vegan all the time or whatever you think of a healthy athletic diet is. You can still eat kind of normally, but you still need to eat intentionally. You need to pay attention to how you're fueling your run, both before, during, and after. There's a lot of details in that, so I'll kind of give you broad strokes with that. But you need to fuel your runs so that you feel good and perform well. You have the energy to perform. Fasted running is... You know, some people do it, but I advise against it for a lot of reasons, especially for females. It tends to really mess up our hormones. We feel better when we have a little bit of something in our stomachs. And after you work out, you need to make sure to replace what you've lost so that you can build the muscle that you're looking for and change the body type into an athletic body type if that's your goal. But yeah, if you're going to spend all this time running, you got to do the other half of the equation, which is nutrition. Do you see like protein being very important to a runner's nutrition? I know I feel like my basic knowledge of nutrition and um, working out is always, oh, you drink a protein shake if you're lifting weights or trying to tone up. Do you see protein shakes or protein being a big part of getting a fit body and being healthy for running? The most important thing that you need for running is, first of all, to make sure you're eating enough across the board. Mm -hmm. A lot of runners tend to underfuel, and that leads to a whole host of problems metabolically and will really kind of not let you grow as fast as you could if you are eating enough. So eating enough, no matter what it is, is the most important thing. The next most important thing for a runner is carbohydrate. 
And, you know, a lot of people in our society nowadays are like anti-carb or whatever. But carbohydrate is not just rice and potatoes and bread. Carbohydrate is fruits and vegetables, whole grains, all sorts of really, really healthy stuff. That is the fuel that your brain runs on and your muscles run on. Your muscles are full of carbohydrate. It's actually called glycogen at that point when it's stored in your muscles. And that is the fuel that powers your muscles. So that is the number one of the macros, the biggest thing that you need to eat and the biggest thing that will power your running. Protein is also important because that's what builds our muscles. So most people, most runners under eat protein. Most average people who happen to not be exercising are eating too much protein. You know, (laughs) there's not a lot of people that are under eating protein in American society today, but most athletes are usually underdoing it. And so you do need to pay attention to that. And there's lots of different calculators to figure out how much. I preach a, a plant-based diet. And so people who are plant-based tend to underdo their protein a little bit when they're athletes. When they're just normal people, normal people who are not exercising a lot tend to be getting plenty of calories. But athletes, especially when you're training for, you know, endurance events, you really need to pay attention to that. And then there's fat, and that usually takes care of itself. (laughs) (laughs) If there was one piece of advice that you would want to give a audience of potentially very burnt out people who are hesitating to start a running journey, what would it be? I think when you're stuck in anything in your life, Just shifting to something else, some kind of action, doing something else can really give you a mental break. So if you're burnt out in your career, for example, which I actually was when I really got into running, I was kind of burnt out and running gave me something else to focus on, Mm -hmm. something else to measure success, something else to make me feel good, something else to think about and, you know, instead of worrying about my career, you know, I made a big career shift and running went right alongside that. So being burned out is challenging because it physically does make you tired. And when you're tired, it's really, really hard to take action. But it is the best thing that you can possibly do. So if you just can't imagine going out and running a mile, don't run a mile, just Run for five minutes and see how you feel. Stop and walk after that. And then if you feel better after a few minutes, start running again for just a couple minutes and then walk again. Do a run, walk, run, walk and give yourself permission after, I don't know, 15 minutes to turn around and go back home and set the bar super, super low. Set the bar so low that you cannot argue with yourself in five seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. Just tell yourself you're going to put on your shoes and you're going to go out the door for 15 minutes and see what happens. You might end up going out for a half an hour and you might not. You might actually turn around at 15 minutes and that's okay. But any kind of physical activity is going to make you feel better mentally and of course physically And if you do just the right amount, it actually does energize you. Yeah, absolutely. That's such good advice. And sometimes I try and use that as my cue, which is super counterintuitive. But if I feel very low, very unmotivated, 
It's you're probably not going to get a lot done here. Mm -hmm. You're not being very focused. Force yourself to go do this other thing. And then you come back more focused afterwards. It's just how you feel. 100%. And this can feel kind of grim, but I've been very honest about my mental health. So everybody knows definitely work with a therapist. There are times that I just have to put a timer on or there's there are times where I just have to put a timer on when I'm working out and say, I've read 30 minutes of working out is going to boost my serotonin. And I absolutely need that right now. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're really burnt out, you just need that. And you Mm -hmm. honestly do feel different afterwards. If that's your motivation for starting, it's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as good as running is, and as good as it is for your mental health, I do want to make it super, super clear that it's not the entire answer. If you do need therapy, Mm -hmm. get therapy. It is not therapy. It is therapy-like. It is (laughs) meditation-like, but it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. It can really, really move the needle quite a bit with your mental health, but it's not 100% the only thing that you should use if you need help. So I always want to make that clear that it is great for so many things, but it's not, it's just a tool and a really good one, but it's not everything. Yes. It's one tool to put in the many different tools that you may need to be Mm -hmm. a whole person. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Claire, there's probably so many people who are listening who have learned so much from just this 30 minutes with you who want to see the rest of all the resources that you've put out there. Where can they best find you to learn from you? Well, I've actually put everything that I offer, my freebies, my discounts. I have a ultimate fueling guide for runner. I've got my book, which came out this year, if you wanted to get that. I've put all of the stuff that you can grab at my website, which is theplantedrunner.com slash link, L-I-N-K. And that is everything that and more. (laughs) And if you just want to follow me and just get running tips, mental health tips, and plant-based nutrition tips, the best place to find me is Instagram, and I'm The Planted Runner. All right. Thank you so much, Claire, for being here. It's always so nice to see you and to talk to you. So thank you so much. This was fun, Daphne. Great to see you, too. I want to give a huge thank you to Coach Claire for coming on and sharing some great information with this audience. If you are interested in more episodes like this on nutrition and self-care, make sure to go back and check out some of our past podcast episodes. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the Teacher Career Coach podcast, make sure you do on your preferred platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for being a listener, and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast.